There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You're listening to the GAA Hour with Darren O'Sullivan on Sports Joe. Hi there, you're very welcome along to the GR with me, Darren O'Sullivan. We have a bank holiday weekend, loads of football, loads of rain in Kerry. The All-Ireland champions are out. I'm delighted to be joined today by Cavan's Keen Mackey and Tyrone's Kyle Coney. Keen, you're obviously very happy. Kyle, not so much. Keen, all yeah, good? Good, good weekend and, and look, we were expected to win the game, but as I said previously on the show, they're the games we over years we've struggled with. But we got a great start. I think it was one three no score. So some start. Ha- happy, happy men this weekend. And Kyle, a uh, couple of glum faces above in Tyrone. I'm sure this morning. Yeah, but not just as a, on a positive note like like Kane there, but yeah. um, we're a bit more doom and gloom up in Tyrone here today. Now, and unfortunately, we've we haven't backed up our season from from last year. We've, we've fallen short. We've fallen victim to the curse again, where we can't follow up the, the previous year's All Ireland so it's it's a bit of a a bit of an unexpected exit but that's where we are at the minute. Yeah, I suppose going into the game you kind of always kinda of half expected this Tyrone team to just kind of get going. I suppose you always expect them to kick into gear and you mentioned the curse there, Kyle and Sean Kavanaugh was trying to give the team he played in a couple of excuses before the game and how this group had no excuses but Genuinely, I actually think that the seven players they've lost to start the year has come back to bite him, Keen. Just the lack of quality probably in the squad has cost them. Yeah, like it, it's huge when you when you when you lose a bulk of players like that. It takes away from we'll say the camaraderie mm. within the dressing. Like everyone questioning why are they going, and it brings too much heat around the panel. It was great last year under the radar, no one talking about them. They went about their business. They won the All Ireland. Now lost a couple of players which would have hurt the panel and everyone talking about it. So it was a lot of pressure on them. And, and maybe, look, at there was lads that weren't starting that possibly could have started, but that could be injuries like Sean Kavanagh or, or boys outside the squad don't know it. Like, yeah. do you know, like McGeary, 
player of the year last year, he must have had a niggle not to start. Like so, like him playing for seventy minutes would have been a huge boost. Colin McShane must have had a niggle, you know, would have suited him brilliantly in there. But look, we we don't know the ins and outs of what's going on inside the panel. Kyle might know a wee bit more, but in general, county panels, if they're any good at all, nothing really comes out, you know. Yeah, and Kyle Tyrone actually got a good start. They actually start. They looked lively. And Conor McKenna got the first goal of the game. You're thinking, right, this is it now. And for some reason, they just didn't kick on. And obviously, Aidan Nugent struck back with a great goal for Armagh. But I don't know. I just every now, every now and again, you go, right, this is the kick they're going to need. They're going to drive on from here. And it just, just couldn't happen for them. A dream start, you know. Every team sets out to hit the net early. You know, I think everybody works with... Um, sort of those set plays from the throw-in. I know it didn't come directly from the throw-in, but every, everyone sets out early to, to try and get a major on the board as soon as possible. And McKernan done really, really well till, you know, till get through, dance through. It was a decent save by the keeper and just Rory Brennan done well to get through across the McKenna. It was a great finish. But mm. um, I think, as you said, we were, we're more hoping, just rather waiting on it to come, you know, right, we're, we've entered the building here, such we're ready to go. This is what we've expected, but uh, as we said off air, I think I think we were, we played twelve games this year. We won four, um, and we've been forcing the issue the whole time. We've been trying to get McShane into form, hasn't happened. We had Matty Donnelly and Peter Hart on the pitch yesterday. Peter Hart had a, an appendix operation a few weeks ago, not on himself. We can see that Matty Donnelly was turned over for the first ball. Those things just don't happen when when those lads are at the peak of their powers and. To me, looking in from the outside, I've had very little knowledge, you know, but it did seem as if we were trying to force form. And when you're trying to force form, you're nearly better gone. Yeah. And uh, Stephen Campbell for Armagh, he put in an inspired performance. He was brilliant. And I was actually asking you earlier how fast he is because he was just pulling away from lads. I couldn't understand how they didn't have Myler on him because Myler did such a good job last year on uh, Paddy Clifford, who plays a similar game, coming link and play and comes deep, runs into the ball. I just couldn't understand. It seemed he seemed to have the freedom in the park all the time, and like he's an intelligent footballer, has all the skills in the world. And Tyrone made it easy for him. Yeah, like <clears throat> possibly the the size could have been the, the only thing possibly that would have affected Myler. He's he's a tall boy too, like you know. Yeah, but out the field would just. Yeah, well, you see, then for kickouts, you know, yeah. that could be your out for kickouts now. But look at if it was me, I'd be back in Myler to be able to do a job. You know, he's yeah. a he's a stickler, he's annoying. You know, like so. Put him going the other way as well. I thought exactly. But. Yeah, but it, it just didn't work out. And some of their matchups, as I said earlier on, like they brought McKiernan out to half back, and and Nugent ran riot, got Armagh back in the game, put McKiernan back in on him, who and and like thrown of the best full back line in the country, and they took McKiernan out of it, and they struggled, put him back in. Nugent was took off. Mm. Do you know, like, and that was huge. He kicked one, two, one, three from play in the first half, and then he was whipped in the second. So it just shows the job he could do, you know. And uh, I think they were experimenting at times, Tyrone, by management to see what they could do. And it was a bad day to be experimenting, I think, against Armagh, who were who were hungry and probably hurt because they played so poorly against Donegal. So they were going to come out and, and try and prove a point. So. It's just a very frustrating day for a Tyrone fan, I think. Yeah, and like you said, they're experimenting. It just kind of ties into what, Kyle, you've been saying about experimenting and hoping, hoping that mm-hmm. they'll find form and hoping that it'll, something will kick on. And something else that went well for Armagh was uh, in goal, um, Ethan Rafferty. I know there's a lot of talk about outfield players playing in goal or goalies that you think they should be outfield, but he actually is. 
he was an inter-county outfield player but geez, he kicked a couple of um, he kicked two great points and he was always like he's a playmaker coming out the field it's it's kind of hard to know what to do with him at that stage do you actually get someone to mark him and leave a corner back free or what because he did damage all day yesterday against you Kyle yeah he did he caused an awful lot of havoc um, two points that any forward would have been yeah Absolutely loving with you know like if I had kicked those two scores you'd have been over the moon uh, you know when you come off of the winning side you'd have been you'd have, you'd have been delighted with yourself but he scored two twenty eight in the championship as a player um and uh, it's just I think Tyrone might have had you know obviously the in the warm up uh, you know listen to the game Eamon Fitzmaurice did say that a lot of his warm up routine was away from the usual goalkeeping duties in terms of kickouts and. Um, stopping the ball from underneath or high balls in, but he he was doing long, long runs out the pitch, giving one twos and playing playing passes inside. Um, but the both scores was was exceptional. Um, Throne probably would have been better, you know, possibly leaving a corner back if they could. I know James Morgan did cause damage going up the pitch. He's a powerful runner, mm. so it would have been, it would have been hard to to designate someone um till to. To leave, but Ethan Rafferty was exceptional. One bit of a, a mistake in the second half. Um, I'm not sure what it is about the goalkeepers, even though that they are outfield players, the likes of Nell Morgan. But sometimes they do get a wee bit jittery on the ball, and yeah. they cause themselves a wee bit. Of, I'm not sure why that is, even though that there's two really comfortable players on the ball. I suppose when you know the goal is free, maybe 60, 70 yards behind you, you a long sprint back. But um, no, I remember that. And in fairness to Armad, he got the bodies back, but. Um, it was another case there, Tyrone trying to put the ball across. I just, I don't know, they were just taking the wrong options. And j- just something I'm not used to seeing with Tyrone was a lack of fight. And I suppose Armagh were so wired going into this game. They just looked like they were going to go through walls. And we talked about the pressure Kieran McGinney was going to be under. It's his eighth year. If they'd lost yesterday, would it be time for him to go? And Kieran Donny did a good few of the interviews after. And like I know firsthand from talking to Kieran how much time he has for him. But he has them Armagh boys like absolutely buzzing for him and like they were wired yesterday. Yeah, like Armagh, there's no question in their ability. It's their ability to back up a performance after a performance. Mm. You know, like we spoke about Armagh, Donegal, like if whoever lost that game would have had the most disappointing year. Do you know, like if Armagh had come out and played the same way against Tyrone, like that would have been a terrible year after yeah. a great league. But like now, th- now the thing is, they have to go back now and, and back up that performance against Donegal and show that they're not just a one-trick pony, that they can back it up. We all know how good they are. Like yeah. the far, like Conor Turbot sitting on the bench, he would start in any other county team in Ulster and probably the country. Mm. Do you know? So they have loads of ability. They seem to set up very, very well in defence. Maybe it's half Tyrone weren't penetrating enough, but they, they were brilliantly defensively. And we, we questioned their defensive ability before. They were awesome yesterday. So maybe they've spent time, worked on what they needed to work on, and now they're starting to come to be a real good unit. Yeah, and Kyle, I suppose, looking at Armad, if Donegal again next, if you're in the Armad camp, how are you approaching that? Because they were so poor against them a couple of weeks ago. Yesterday, they were they were brilliant. They seemed to be playing to their strengths. Um and from a neutral point of view, you're kind of half hoping that they'll just keep playing that style of football because they have so many fo- brilliant footballers. Grugan, I, I love watching Grugan, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I just think he's so natural on the ball. He just, he looks so calm on the ball. He's really stylish. And like they have they have that bit of pace, power. And then you have the more intricate players all over the place as well. 
Yeah. Well, it's it's good from an, an RMA point of view and obviously a Donegal point of view that they have experienced that game um, so recent. Um, they, they played each other just a, a number of weeks ago. I actually don't think RMA can be that bad again. I know they weren't that they were they were generally poor. They were, they were wasteful of their chances. Like yesterday, they had they had twenty four shots and they scored seventeen, which is a seventy percent ratio uh, fr- from play. Then they had they had nineteen shots in play and scored fourteen, which is seventy three percent. So that's where they, they they lacked the last day. They against Donegal, um, they had chances, they just couldn't convert. And I think if they play to them strengths, I know I think uh, seen just before we come on air, the game's fixed for for Clonas, mm. which you know will add to the atmosphere. We, we'll have a huge crowd there again, so that that will add till till the game as well. But if they can get their scoring rate somewhere to where that is, they'll have a huge chance because Donegal, it was a Donegal, um, the Ulster final with them and Derry, and Donegal are not firing all cylinders. I know Kane would probably back me up here. Cavan were well in the game until two silly mistakes and cost them there. So I do think, I know I tipped Armagh the first day against Donegal, but I do think that they have a big chance the next day out. Yeah, I think so too. And just going back to Tyrone, look, they, they're the All-Ireland champions unexpectedly out this early um, there was a lot of talk before the game about discipline and look, they got a black card in the game yesterday it was, it was very harsh it was never a black card but um, I always think discipline is more than just getting yellow cards and black cards and red cards a lot of it is your ability to do your job and be focused and not make mistakes and I do think the maybe an unexpected All-Ireland last year and maybe extra bit of media attention maybe took that hunger and took the eye off the ball of the Tyrone lads and they won a great on the 20s they obviously had the kickback of the new management as well last year I'm just wondering where did Tyrone go next year will you be bringing a lot of, will they bring in a lot of under 20s or which way do they go about it yeah but you see in Tyrone the, the expectation levels is so high because over the last 20 years they have been there thereabouts mm. if they're not competing for Sam they're winning Ulster titles or competing with Donegal so like a, a transitional period will be hard for them to do, you know, to blood a few under twenties, and and not be competing for an Ulster title for two or three years. Will that be accepted in Tyrone? I don't know. I don't think so. You know, so it, it's a sticky situation for them. You know, like if if they lose one or two more players out of that squad, then you're putting a lot of pressure on the young Canavan lad to come in, um, McLean's young lad as well. Like mm. there's huge pressure on them to perform, and then like. When you come into a squad as a young boy, like you're, you're thinking to yourself, I'll be a bit part player here at the start, and then you start to get motoring. Then boys could be, I might have to be thrown in straight away, and and that could be huge pressure, and, and it just mightn't work out. So, it, it's a tricky one now for for Doher and the lads. You know, it it definitely um it wouldn't be a camp a management camp that I would be looking forward to be in because you could be waiting on a text to say. I'm going travelling. I've yeah. won in All Ireland. I've won two or three Ulsters. It's time to go travelling. Two or three of the big names do that. We say Matty Donnelly. He's getting on in years too. Like if he says enough's enough, you know, like he's a huge man. I'm sure in the dressing room as well. Like so, it's just a. I, I'd be turning my phone off for a few months. Make sure I got no texts. <laughs> what do you reckon, Kyle? You know a lot of the players now, and you like playing with them and playing against them, and even the under twenties lads. There are some super footballers. Maybe some of them mightn't be quite ready for them. Keen mentioned a few lads like you need the stalwarts to stay on and I know like Matty Donnelly I'd say the body's been put through the ringer as well the last number of years and he he's mm-hmm. an unbelievable soldier and you need them personalities to be there with these younger lads 
coming through because there is a lot of talent there. That, that's the same as, you know, as every dressing room mm. and every team that's probably successful, you have the the older heads um, that's been around the block a number of times that sort of can pave the, the pathway for the younger lads. But, like, just going back to Derek Canavan or uh, Rory Canavan yesterday, I think uh, it was disappointing from a Tyrone point of view. Sitting watching the game yesterday, we were five points down at one stage, 15 minutes to go. I'm thinking, you know, this is a spark we need. We need something here. Can you, you know, what, what's the reason for putting them on the bench? Get them in there, you know, get them winning a few free kicks, get a, get the scoreboard taken over. We only had two forwards on the score sheet yesterday. McKenna's first goal and McCurry had uh, seven points. So, you know, that, that's, that was a disappointing thing for me. We brought on um, Matthew McLean, who, look, maybe we're trying to get a, a high ball in around the edge of the square, but, but 15 minutes ago, it was a time for Ray Canavan just to, to liven the show up a bit, get the crowd going again, because, you know, he would have done that. Um, but in terms of the few of the older hands, you know, I've played with Matty Donnelly for 10 years and Ronan McNamee and Peter Hart. Um, so Matty's body's been through quite a lot now over the last number of years, the hamstring coming off the bone, mm. the other hamstring giving him bother, knee injuries. He, he's been around the block. So, look, I would not be surprised if we see, you know, one or two boys take an extended break and then see how that goes. But you definitely need a few older heads uh, around the dressing room to, to show the younger lads just that it's a different step up from even minor or under 20 level. Yeah, and like like Kyle was saying, they're keen, like with, especially with the two Canavan brothers, I just think they're so different to the forwards that they had on the pitch. They're not as big and robust, but they're just so intricate, so intelligent. They play with their brain, like they're a couple of steps ahead of most players. It was a day for something, like it was, there was a time for something different because it wasn't working. And Kyle highlighted there the lack of scoring power that was there and even winning frees. Just, just to change up, it just on the sideline. I, t- I think they got a lot wrong. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Like, I do agree not to start the two Canavan mm-hmm. boys because I thought that, and it was the start of the game was hell for leather. There was a lot of huge hits. It wouldn't suit the two boys, and I thought when the game opened up a wee bit more, like it did in the second half, and and a lot of handier frees were given. Them smaller yeah. boys, as we'd know, yeah. you you do get them handier mm-hmm. frees at times. Like the likes of Aidan O'Shea and these boys don't get them. Yeah, do you know? So the like uh, the Canavans coming on. Could have got two or three handy frees. Like, and then a four-point game went to a two-point game. Instead, it was going... Every time it got to four points, it was going back to five to six. Do you know? So they were trying big men against big men instead of maybe trying something a wee bit different. And, and the two Canavan boys, I, I was sure they'd come in a wee bit earlier. Um, and, and Rory would have been would have been great for him to... like. There's not too many Ulster Championship games that would have that atmosphere. And he would have that in the bank then straight away. Yeah. And that would have set him up for next year. Do you know? So... It was just a strange one. Maybe maybe he was brought in just to see, have him around the camp and stuff like that. But if they were willing to do that, why why bring on the the McLean you, if, lad as well? If you're willing to put him on, if you're willing to put him on the panel, you have to go and be be ruthless enough to put him in there. Because I think if you're an Armagh player and you see him coming in fifteen minutes to go, you you don't know what to expect. This lad has never played before, and all of a sudden he kicks a point off you. The crowd's on right behind your own again. It's a totally different game and. I do think if you're putting him on the panel, he's got to go in. Yeah, no, I, I would play him. But my thought process, when he didn't come in, where they're bringing him in to bring him around the squad. Yeah. But if they were doing that, why bring in McLean? And two boys came from the same squad, you know, and they, they had tried the big men, you know, yeah. then McKenna, Colin yeah, Shane were all there. And they put in another big man. It wasn't working. Didn't work all day. So yeah, I, it's, it, my thing there is like, when you're brought in, you're 
not to make up the numbers, I can. I made my debut against Tyrone, and I was same size, alright, <laughs> still small, but uh, I would have been weaker. <clears throat> but it was a case of I had legs, which he has in abundance. Like he said, the game is stretched at that point. Even though at the, a few Tyrone knew me from the minors the year before, the senior players wouldn't have known me that well. And it was a case of just go youthful exuberance that and when the game is stretched like that it just opens up the crowd would have got a buzz off it and Tyrone needed sparks and do you know what things weren't going right very early I just I thought they missed a the trick there not bringing him in early and just saying hi you've nothing to lose here there's no pressure on you you go and you just run do your thing I think he would have, I think he would have set a, a spark for him like I, I done the same. I was, I was brought in as, as a cub hmm. out of minor, and I thought, oh, you've just been brought in to, to be brought around the yeah. place. And, and I remember Paddy McNamee was a selector, and he was bringing me to the game. And he says, oh, you'll see time. I was shitting it. I, I was up in the car. I said, see time. Is what you're talking about? And, and did come on and loved it. Like you know, yeah. and as that, like you're buzzing around the place. You get on the ball, and you get a little bit of confidence. Like we were playing Mead and Clonus. It was a huge game. Like. You know, Darren Fay was full back. Like, imagine, yeah. like I was smaller than you, looking up at him. Like it was, but it, it was huge for me to get, get on that day. And like it was, like <clears throat> I definitely brought, I felt I brought a spark to the game. Yeah. So, and as you said, you brought a spark to the game. Like Rory Kavanagh is probably better than, yeah, <laughs> better than me, and maybe better than you. You know, by the looks of things, he's he's outrageous. And his so, conference like, is sky high. He's an All Ireland medal in the back pocket already. He's the talk of the country. Yeah. Do you know he wasn't gonna be lacking confidence? But look, it's, look. They missed the trick. Um, but I suppose you can't take away from our man what they did on the day. And I just hope, I'm glad Eamon's not here because I can say it, uh, I just hope that they go with the same attitude, the same game plan because they had it all yesterday. There was Some of the scores were just, um, I think it was Nugent's um, score actually in the first half where the kick out from Rafferty crossed the field to Stephen Campbell. He had a diagonal ball. I think it was three kicks of the ball and over the bar and it was just unbelievable football. But it's a case of, right, you're playing another team from Ulster. Don't try this mirroring crack of, oh, we'll go defensive and you'll go defensive and we'll be back and forth because Armagh have the players all over the pitch to cause Donegal problems because Donegal aren't hitting the heights that some of us are expecting them to hit. The thing Donegal have that Tyrone didn't have yesterday was huge men around the middle. Mm. Like I said to you before the show, like Frank Burns, great player, but he's small in the middle of the field. You look at the Armagh won a lot of their own long kickouts. Yeah. So next of all, bang early ball against Donegal in the first game. They didn't win all them long kickouts. Donegal won them. Yeah. So they were having to defend for the whole game and break out of pace. That that sucks the life yeah, out of yeah. you. Do you know what I mean? So it'll be interesting to see what way they go as regards. Will they try a short kick out and get Rafferty on the ball and get an overlap, or will they proceed and, and try and win that aerial duel around the middle? It's a very interesting game, like. But if they can get early ball into the forwards as as Cavan did against Donegal, then oh, yeah. then Donegal are under severe pressure. Yeah, and I suppose not too far away, Mikhail <clears throat> Park. The sun was shining down there, and the sun was definitely shining on Mayo because they. I think they got out of jail. Um, a couple of refereeing decisions there that Benty was off the head about, and I I couldn't believe they weren't given. Being honest, and. Um, Kieran Whelan was on the Sunday game last night. He was on about duty of care, and he he got the rules arse ways anyway. A leg block's a leg block, no matter. He, he didn't worry about duty of care when he was playing himself. <laughs> <laughs> Same fella. But um, Mayo get through. Um, 
but there's not going to be much excitement I don't think about Mayo at the moment look they are one of them teams that are a slow burner Kyle they, they tend to improve but it, it seems to be the same issues with Mayo um, scoring um, 113 yeah. not great kicking yeah it's, it's, it's just it seems to be the nearly the same as as Tyrone with them one forward who gets the the majority of their one, their scores and then it's what they they pipe up with after that in terms of who who gets a few scores but um the, the big calls definitely for me uh, the the call at the end was a stone wall penalty um in my opinion the happens anywhere else on the pitch that's a free kick i'm not sure why Barry Casty felt the need to to not to give it because it, it was it was a penalty in my opinion and i know a few people have said maybe if, if it was different uh I heard um, Peter Kenneman saying if it had been someone different, they, they might have bought it just a bit right. But it doesn't matter. It was a penalty. Like, um, and the the foot block, I think that rule is is a real grey area um, in terms of knowing what the rule is. But I think maybe common sense was in the second decision where it was at a, a distance away where it couldn't cause the, the player any harm, where the first one was a lot closer. It was the width of the ball away. So it's... It's disappointing, and you know, you you know yourself. Banty doesn't hold back. I know he doesn't criticize too many referees over his time, but he definitely came out in full force after the game, and you can't blame him in the heat of the battle. And things probably not playing as well as he should have played, but that that for me, I'm not sure what you boys think, but that was a penalty. I I thought they were both stonewalls. To be honest, like like the, forgetting about the leg block for a second, he wrapped his arms around him take the trip out of it he, he wrapped his arms around him so what's he supposed to do yeah I, I kind of I'd half agree with, with Canavan like you need to buy a free like that a wee, wee bit better but, that just uh, shows how bad referees are that you have to buy it <laughs> when <laughs> a fella wraps his arms around but then again they're, they're bought and they're never freeze out the field you yeah. know so it can happen too but like even the Mayo one like I think it was it was a, a Ryan Wiley like how are you meant to get your, your hands down to block a ball without planting your foot for it? he didn't lead with his foot his foot was there and he was putting his hands down. His foot was, was his foot planted? He was planting his foot yeah. to get his hands down. I can't understand. Like, I I was trying to think about it yesterday evening. I was like, how are you meant to get down? Like, dive down head first. Like, but you're actually making your body as big as possible yeah. by actually spreading your leg across. Like, yeah. I actually thought that was harsh. And then I thought the the one Monaghan didn't get was a way more obviously. Like, he stretched out his leg. Yeah. It's just... It's one of them rules that kind of it's a referee's discretion early, which is which is a bad thing because next week, yeah, a team mightn't get it, and you'd be like, "How is that?" So, look, at it, it's one of them things. There was two goal, two penalty opportunities. You think he had the chance, right? I didn't give that. Yeah, I'll give this one. And Mayo people will be saying, "But that's not the way to do it." But it, it's just a, a tricky one. It it probably was. Keegan was cute enough to take his hands out really yeah. quick, but as you say, the wrapped around. Yeah. Tripped him up, but the referee was referee was forty meters away. Like he was, I don't know where he thought the play was going because Monaghan had the high press on. He should have been stuck in the middle of it. So he was forty meters away. He wasn't going to be able to make a good enough call on it. But like if well, the penalty if was doubt, given, he's, he's got to go and consult then. Well, that, that's the thing. That's like true, you, yeah. you have two umpires. <clears throat> um, we'll go on to the Telton Cup later. Who had no problem disallowing a goal <clears throat> in one game, and you have two calls right in front of him. No more than 10 yards. Two of them. And for me, I think they're, they're both penalties. Yeah. I, I think if, if in doubt, and, you know, uh, 
that's why that's why those officials are with you. Mm. You know, you have. I know Sean Hurston. I know Sean Hurston personally, and he takes referees from our own club, one of my own cl- local club, and, and a few other clubs around um, for his umpires, and they, they obviously be he be mic'd up from one from each end. So you've got to go consult. You've got to go and try and determine the, the decision. I know Barry Casty was a distance away, but you've got to trust that that's why you have those men with you. Go and, and consult with them and make the right call. I know it's not easy. You're blowing it up. What are you stopping it for? But <laughs> in these big games, it's it's important that we get these decisions as right as we can. Yeah, look, it's cost Monaghan, and I can understand why Benty was so um, cross after the game. But going back to the actual match, um, Monaghan set up really defensive and for me, like it's a prime thing to do against Mayo because they don't kick enough ball. They run so much and they were they're getting joy off at Monaghan. They were Mayo were finding it difficult and then black card for Conor McManus bit harsh. Uh, but he stuck out the leg. It was yeah. silly. It was a forwards tackle. Yeah, it was but that seemed to be the turning point. That that, that was a huge thing. Huh? <laughs> you, you, never ta- you, you never tackled. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Uh but like Look at McManus. When you think about it, like if I was, you, he knew what he was at. Ken, he was yeah. hoping, and and then he was caught on it. Look at, he knows himself. He's got away with probably more. Yeah. Same as any forward, got away with more than he's been caught for, as in buy and freeze. <clears throat> now, if if I was playing, I would have been furious to get a black card for it. But as the letter of the law goes, as they say, it's yeah. a frustrating one. Like, and it it was a huge moment. Like you lose someone like Conor McManus for for ten minutes. If he's not scoring two points, he's involved. He's taking Oshie yeah. Mullen out of the play. There's another lad that can't pick up, you know, some of the other forwards, you know. So it, it, it was a huge 10 minutes. Like, Yeah, Kyle, it was one of them ones where you you hang out. You're getting no value for it anyway. Put it yeah. that way. He can't, it was a way, lazy leg. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean seeing the, just the shape of his body, he was hoping, I think he th- was hoping that the, bo- the, the, I'm not sure, was it was it Aidan O'Shea? I can't remember Aiden, yeah. who it was. But the way I think he was hoping that Aiden O'Shea maybe was a bit closer to him, he actually Aiden probably stepped out a wee bit further, which enabled that it actually came by his foot rather than maybe st- trying to stop him with his inner side of his leg. But he knew what he was doing, and look, it's we're we're in, in the game at the minute. Once, like even the Richie Donnelly one, to me wasn't a black card. That one in the letter of the law at the minute is a black card, and it's, it's frustrating because Monaghan or Mayo. You know, kicked on in that period of time. They they got a, a good few scores at that stage, and that's that's the disappointing part. You know, yeah, they got one three um, in that period of time. So we went from being two points down to one three to two up. Like it's a big turnaround there, and I suppose that's how you do make the most of the numerical advantage. But I've said it, and all the guests have said it here before. The thing that comes back to hurt Mayo every every year seems to be lack of scoring power and. They got scores yesterday from Paddy Durkin, Owen McLaughlin, Lee Keegan, Matty Ruan. That's four points out of one thirteen. You're just not you're not gonna beat a Dublin or a Kerry or whoever's one of the top teams at the time when you're not scoring. I know they've they've had injuries and stuff, but it's their style of play that cracks me up. The, their style of play is is unsustainable. It's a hundred mile an hour. Every time they get the ball, it's run, 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 run. And then they go into these lulls. And mm-hmm. these lulls are, are ridiculously long. Like The Kerrys, the Dublins, like the Tyrones, you know, Tyrone had a lull yesterday and that's why they're gone. But they would always chip away at one or two points when they're 
not on the ball enough. But like Mayo, every time they get it, it they nearly feed off the crowd, and it's a hundred mile an hour. Yeah. Everyone has to run a hundred mile an hour. Like the Dublin good teams used to just slow the whole thing right down and and chip away at a point. Like when Mayo had to go up against the blanket defence, they didn't really know what to do unless the runners were penetrating and getting through. They didn't really know what to do. They had no one to come on the loop and kick a score. So it's hard work. They've the, well. the, the same type of player from probably number two to number twelve. Like yeah. the exact same type of player. Like they've no, we'll say number eleven who can open up the play. Do you know? And I'd say Killian O'Connor's in there going, "Oh, give me a ball playing number 11 You know who yeah. can dink a pass in like. Do you know, the like a McCarran there would be ideal at number yeah. 11 for Mayo. Little dinky passes in, sure, Killian Connor will field it. Do you know, like, their their game works against early doors in in, 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 in Connacht. But then when they get to Crow Park, right, big field, open the legs, and they win these games. But then when they're playing the Dublins and the Kerrys, they can't win these games because they're cuter and they have the engines the same as them. So I, I just think there needs to be a slight overhaul or a change of tact of the type of player they introduce like they need they need one or two more football heads as regards the, the engine room that they have yeah and I don't think we're going to get that change of tactic <laughs> I think everyone's been on about this for a good couple of years <laughs> now it seems to be the same thing with Mayo but look they got over the line um, and they had a great start to the second half Kyle but they went 20 minutes then without scoring yeah. and my thing there is like what Keane said there Dublin will get that scoreboard going they'd be better than Kerry at it to be fair um, they ju- they're just lacking something different um, yeah. it's the same thing over and over again I do think like Monaghan just setting up that defensive structure and I think if any like Kildare now will be thinking we conceded goals very quickly against Dublin we don't want to do that against Mayo we know Mayo don't like when they have the, the bodies back Kildare could go and try and do something similar look for a turnover and catch him on the break the next day because like I'd have worries about Mayo going forward even though look they did well the last day to get over the line but they're not convincing me whenever you're looking at opposition um, teams and you, you look at the teams that, that's challenging I know that, that Mayo have been there for a few years they, they pushed Dublin all the way and their style of play the way Dublin was committing forward to certain times suited them the running game but you look at the scores it was one six. Killian O'Connor scored, you know, and the next was Lee Keegan with one point. You know, and everybody else chipped in. There was four or five other players chipped in with one point. So your initial, you know, if you were setting up to to, to counteract that, if you can put out a fire and Killian O'Connor and put him out, you know, to take him down. He scored one penalty, one from play, five frees. You go a long way of stopping Mayo. You know mm-hmm. that's that's the long and short of it. You go. A, I know that they have other players that, that can cause damage, but you you go out against Kerry. You have David Clifford to think of. You have Paul Ginny to think of. You have Killian Sablan to come on. Potty Clifford, Stephen O'Brien. You go to Dublin. You have Conal Callahan. You you have so many fires to put out that if someone doesn't step up, someone else is going to do it. Um, and you don't see that with Mayo at the minute. That seems to be that they're very reliant on. One player for a lot of scores, and it was the same with Tyrone yesterday. Um, I, I said that earlier. So Kildare will be setting up to frustrate them and hit them on, on the counter attack. It's that will be you know whenever they get the bodies forward from the running game, Killian or um, Oshie Mullen gets forward, Lee Keegan gets forward, Aidan O'Shea in the middle of the play. Um, Owen McLaughlin is that 
his lightning quick game. I was impressed with him actually at the weekend. He was getting himself in some really good positions, but should have got a goal as ticket, well. Yeah, should have had a goal. Um, it was probably he, he had a, a lot of the net that the left hand side of the keeper to, to aim for. He sort of went for a bit more power and begging done well to stand up mm-hmm. for so long. But um, you'd be, I would think, looking back, Kildare will take a lot of belief from an underperforming, an underperforming Monaghan. Yeah, I think so as well. And just on Killian O'Connor's penalty, like I can just imagine the size of Began in the goal, but Killian O'Connor is as cool as you like in that position. It was unbelievable to yeah. some penalty. Outrageous penalty, right? And, and look, it probably couldn't put it anywhere else. No. Uh, Began was, was actually fairly close to it because he guessed the right side. But look, at Killian O'Connor's always going to get to scores. If he's not scoring from play, he's fairly concrete from freeze. But the, the, the thing about it is, we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, Kildare now trying to reenact what Monaghan did they're not used to it yeah do you know so Monaghan have played this style <clears throat> at times for, for the last 10 years so they can do it and then you you bring the Crow Park factor in Mayo to Crow Park with the running power that's when they come to their milk because yeah. there's so much space whereas in Castlebar big pitch yes but it, it's it's enclosed a lot more than Crow Park so it, it's a lot more difficult like Mayo now will 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 they will definitely improve when they come to Crow Park and they will have a lot more opportunities because Kerry kick Dublin kick so they've man and man defenders who can deal with lads yeah. we said that before so they've probably got over the stickiest part of their year do you know so yeah. now like we're we're half nearly writing them off at the minute but they are as good as Dublin when they get to Crow Park or as good as the Kerrys from years ago Crow Park is where they shine their best and yeah the f- lack of forwards probably has let them down over the years but they're still in the mix once they get to Crow Park as, as much as I say they need to change up and have one or two extra yeah have an, a couple of more arrows I- I- in the back pocket but you'd hope Brian Adonis will be available now hopefully next week yeah now he'd be, he'd be a big addition yeah. yeah but like it's just the Crow Park factor is massive we always say oh Dublin of Crow Park they're fine Mayo get to Crow Park they're a different animal because of their running power, and if they could just not go 100 mile at a, a 100 mile an hour every time they got yeah. the ball and just calm it down maybe for two or three minutes, they mightn't just run out of steam. And the other thing is, like they had a long gap. Mayo had a long gap between the Galway game and the Monaghan game. I am hanging my hat on the hope that they have been working on something different, that they're holding it, holding it back until they get to Crow Park. And I'm not sure what Dermot O'Connor's story is. Is he? gone for much longer or what but you, you add in Ryan O'Donoghue Dermot O'Connor then you have options and you'd hope then that they might start tweaking their play a bit but um, I suppose there was a couple of other games on and uh, a team we uh, we gave enough stick to all throughout the year and Sean Kavanagh gave him an awful doing there one day on the Sunday game probably Sean's getting a doing on this podcast today <laughs> but <laughs> well, Cork did a big win against Loud Um End of the end of the road for low this year, but they've had a good year, and it was the it was the qualifier I think Cork needed at home, um, and just the extra bit of quality they had up front. Brian Hurley and Sherlock got him over the line. Um, Kyle, yeah, uh, I think we 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 did speak about this the last day um, on the podcast. We talked about um, you know Louth coming up the the divisions. I do think that. Uh, Mickey and Gavin going in there and putting the structure, getting the S and C sort of helped them massively. And obviously, they they have a a number of good players among their ranks. But whenever they 
you get that right, you get them all singing off the same hymn sheet. I think you can do work to get out of Division 4 and Division 3 as such, but it goes to show just that the levels when you go up the, the you know to the next level in terms of Division 2 teams and even going up against Kildare in the last day out for or the second last day out for, for Louth was was difficult for them. There's a massive gap. So now will be the see what good work can be done. Can they progress? Can they bring a few more through and close that gap to the rest of the teams in 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 the in Leinster? But like Cork just done enough to get over the line. Uh, it's, it's the game they needed, and obviously the draw has been kind to them again. Yeah. Um. This weekend or or the following weekend next week or this weekend I think this it is. Weekend, um, yeah. The the, the draw has been kind to them again. So. I, I would fancy them to come through a tight game as well, Cork, but that that's a game that's very similar to Harman Donegal could go either way. Yeah. And obviously Don as well, Don and Munster Clare had a big win against well, a good win against uh, Mead, which Colum Collins down there, like I've so much time for him and like I always say the Clare don't get the credit they deserve. Um big win against Mead because I think a lot of people are thinking that Mead might just edge it. Yeah, over the last few years, Mead have, have got the better of them mm. in, in tight, sticky games. But from looking at parts of it, and, and Mead would say that a, the goalkeeping position was their, their, their issue over the last few years. Without, more. without their keeper, they, they lost the game. There's two more goals, two fantastic yeah. saves. So look at Mead. I don't know what you can say about Mead at the minute. Like, was it two years ago they came back in tight in Dublin? Or, yeah, you know, like, and and then you were thinking, yeah, Mead is back. This Dublin Mead rivalry could be on its way back, and they've gone. They could be fifth or sixth in the pecking order in Leinster. Like, and when was the last time you could say that about Mead? So, mm. it'll be interesting to see what way management and and county board look at at, at the next couple of years because the, there has to be talent there. The they're winning minor All Irelands and stuff like that over the last few years and and stuff like that. So yeah, and like it's, Cl- it's interesting. Clare are a prime example too. They've Cleary and Tuberty up front, like who are as good as any two forwards out there. Beautiful footballers, and if you have a couple of two or three good forwards you'll always have a chance like in fairness Clare they did a very good win the last day so tough game now against Roscommon yeah look at it, it getting over that line and getting them to the next level was huge for them like the celebrations after the match was yeah this was huge for yeah. us you know Roscommon look at Roscommon will be licking their lips too they're wounded at the minute but Roscommon you'd be thinking would be very very happy with the draw but you cannot you can never write off Clare. They're always there, thereabouts. They were in the mix to to go up in Division Two until late on in the league. So it'll be a, it'll be a tricky enough one for us, yeah. Common. But they will be happier to have them than we'd say the Armas or Donegals. You know, hundred percent. And the Talentine Cup, I suppose, that probably where the best action was the weekend. And uh, for Mana and Kevin, I'm going to ignore you for a second, Keen, because you won't be able to shut up about this one. <laughs> But uh, I know you're happy about it. But to some performance by Kevin and to some start to the game, Kyle, the goal yeah. by Thomas Galligan. Right, right from the throw-in. Um, so the, uh, we did speak about this earlier. The, the, mm. That's what every team wants to set out and, and get that score set, set themselves up. I know that in, in Tyrone, for a number of years, we worked on set plays from a throw-in and uh, that's one that worked a three. Uh, Thomas Galligan, the big... Cain know a lot more about him than, than me. I've seen him just the last few years. You know, we, a couple of years ago, we got an all-star. So he, big, big, powerful man. I've seen him that day down in, in Corrigan Park against Antrim. He's a big unit. And when he gets going, he is hard to stop. Like that's It was the dream start. And it was always going to be hard for Fermanagh to, to come out and claw that back. They did close the gap, but 
I think just Kavanaugh always had had too much in the tank for them. There was never, I think I think the re, the result was was never in doubt. No, Keane, just some some performance by him. Yeah, look at it. Going into the game, it was a sticky one. Like from an local derby, kind of closes the gap of of quality. You know, when you're going in and you're playing, you're like, this is going to be tit for tat. But when you when you get someone like Thomas catching a ball and. Uh, we said about Subby Campbell having pace. Thomas Galligan, when he gets going, is frightening. Like he is oh. power and pace. like he is as quick. He probably do hundred meters. It's say twelve seconds. Like he is frightening quick when oh, he gets that going. Size, and that size, it'd be power. hard to stop him. So there's small lads who should be quick trailing after him and, and back of the net. You know, like and he he probably was riddled with injuries for the first couple of years of his inter county career. Now we'd say Andre there and Calvin has got him right. He's in great shape. Big strong man, he's been huge for us. But look at it was a game. It was kind of one of them banana skin games that were expected to win, and sometimes they're the games that traditionally Cavan haven't performed in. So that goal at the start, and he was one three to no score, set it's us eight up. Eight minutes, yeah. yeah, set us up lovely just to kick on. But <clears throat> I think that the key for us is is defensively we're, we're we're fairly sound. You know, we're not leaking goals and stuff like that. So I think that's that's a huge key for us going forward. Yeah, for man, I never really got going. Um, most of the scores were from freeze. Um, so it was one of them ones that Kevin be delighted to get over the line. Kept it down to 13 points, which is always good, which would build confidence as well. And they'll drive on. And like that, it's always harder going into games, Kyle, as well, when you're the favourites and everyone's ex- saying that you're playing a level below yourself, so you should be winning these games. So Kevin, in fairness, they're, they're hitting the ground running in games and taking the pressure off them, I suppose, a small bit. I was I I was impressed with Cavan against Donegal. I thought they 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 played really well in the Ulster Championship, and I do think it came down to, you know, a couple of moments of just the game fell away from them. The, the scoreline flattered Donegal that day. Um, I was chatting to a few Donegal men after the match, and they were they were happy to get out of Clonus that day with the wind, uh, um, the way things went, but. Like Paddy Lynch up front against Antrim shot the lights out was, was a great, great find. Grove McKernan's a, a fantastic player, and you have Thomas Galligan, who are three huge men. Um, and if they're on song, it definitely gives Cavan a, a big chance any day out. And the the they'll be impressed with, with with how they started the game. But as I say, it does it does um bode well whenever they 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 can come through those potential banana skins. I know that Kian said it's a local. Derby as such, uh, in terms of you know, there's not a million miles between the two teams, but Cavan will just be happy to be in the next round. I know they they probably not want to be in the the Italian Cup, but you know it, it sets them for a good stead for next year. Yeah, look, it's another outing in Crow Park and one step away from another final. But I suppose the game of the weekend was down in Connacht, Leitrim and Sligo, two sixteen to one nineteen after extra time and then into penalties. Like we've been saying it for a while here. That's that's why the Italian Cup was here for these teams of like it was a super game and some of the scores that were kicked were outrageous. Oh like Leitrim Leitrim kicked some outrageous scores, same as Sligo but uh, Keith Byrne at, at number eleven, like what a find like what like sco- I, I, all I, the scores I were unbelievable. Have, I wouldn't have even known that chap until yesterday. And that's criminal because he's he's quality, you know, like he kicking balls over his shoulder, wrong side, solo dummies, everything. Like I think it was was it six or seven points he finished up with and, and most from play, you know? Yeah. Like, what a player. And stuck a penalty. And stuck a penalty, you know? Like, it, it's... it's They spoke about it given 
people a chance to see the other quality players out there and look at there was loads of quality players in the Sligo team as well but it just stood out for me how good he was you know and it, everyone used to talk Emlyn Mulligan for, for Leitrim and you never knew anyone else like, yeah. like he's he's now the new new kid on the block we'd say for Leitrim and if they could b- build a team around the like of him for the next couple of years who knows how far they can go and as as it was said after the game there's a huge interest in Leitrim now like young kids are happy going to a match so yeah. they can keep progressing who knows what they can start to do and, and start to rebuild the game over there yeah and Kyle I suppose look, it was such a great game the excitement was unreal I don't want to be bringing it down the negative but there is there was always one negative it was the refereeing or umpire's decision that went against Leitrim um, in fairness Andy Moran I heard him speaking after the game and he, he said it straight I don't want to be one of them teams or one of them managers moaning about stuff but if it was me I'd be moaning away mad but it was an awful call and it probably cost Leitrim the game because getting a goal an extra time it's a it's a sucker punch as well and it's hard to get yourself back up after that so it's just it's poor to see Leitrim going out on a mistake yeah yeah, uh, in fairness, uh, I did I'd hear Andy um, speak after the match and he, he didn't want to be, you could see him, he, he was sort of scrimmaging the, mm. the face he, and he was rubbing the back of the head. He didn't want to be that person in terms of, you know, to say that he was bothered by the referee and the decision, the call. But to me, it was never a square ball. I I, I seen a clip of it then as well. Um, just waited perfectly outside the box and, and it was a perfectly legitimate goal for me. But... It's disappointing in that behalf because, as Andy did say, why always go with the you know the, the umpire that says it is a square ball? Why not? Yeah. Are we you know agreeing with the umpire going for the green flag? One, it's disappointing in that behalf, and it's 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 annoying. I'm sure for late them going out on, on a decision they had because, as you stated there yourself, um, Darren, that getting a goal in extra time is a massive score. Getting a couple of points in extra time over that course of the time we've seen. Um, Donegal and Derry last week was one one apiece in the first half. It's very very hard to to get scores in that stage of the, the game. So that that was a big um, a big turning point in that game. But uh, I do agree with with Kane there as well that you would never. It's great to see some of these lads, you know, get the airtime that they deserve. Alan Riley was six points and Patrick O'Connor was six points for Sligo as well. You, you don't get to see that too often, you know, just with the way the the, the media rates of the GA is, but. It's great to see these lads, you know, and for Sligo themselves getting to the Italian Cup, getting to Croke Park because um, they probably would never have been in Croke Park this year only for only for the Italian Cup. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. And like that, Sligo have come, got there now after two huge wins, uh, both going to extra time. And I'm just going to read it out here from the, uh, the Sligo Twitter account. Today's game against Leitrim was a superb occasion, probably the best occasion of playing experience our players have had in the last five years and brilliant entertainment for a crowd who were fully engaged. Like, do you want Says more? All, yeah, yeah, what more do you have to say after that? So it was brilliant. And do you know it's funny? I was um, I was in the car and I was listening to Tommy Walsh kill Kenny Hurler on about you know games in Crow Park and this that, and the other and how he got there with his club and it was all about he was so delighted to see players that he'd soldiered with for so many years with the club get to Crow Park and these Sligo lads now are going to be getting ready to go to Crow Park and they might have one game, they might have two games in Crow Park and they might even be silver at the end of it. So it's brilliant to be honest and like these are the games now that are going to help build this Talton Cup into something that's going to just get bigger and better. Yeah, all going well, they've won game. <laughs> and one game only. But uh, I know, like, I just want to say, no, it is huge. It, it definitely is huge because all the buzz when Terry Hyland went to Leitrim was they got to the league final and they got to Crow Park. 
Do you know when? Yeah. Playing at Crow Park is the pinnacle for, for yeah. everyone. Look at the pinnacle is to play when the place is absolutely packed to the rafters. But that's that's all Ireland finally, and there's not too many that, that are lucky enough to do that. But it, it's huge. Like there's players there that could be coming to the end of their career after never playing there. Yeah. Do you know? So it it is massive and, and, and it's a great occasion. And look at double header. If you could get all the crowd for both all four teams in at the one time and enjoy the spectacle yeah. of the two games. It'd be fantastic, and look at it, if it's good weather, there, there's a good possibility everyone will go up to get to the two games. But it, it, there should you should maybe should have twenty be thirty thousand in there anyway. Like it'd be it'd be great. Yeah, and awfully, awfully look, awfully <clears> had a comfortable <throat> game against New against New York, and Penny Dunnigan, the goalie for awfully, he took off from his sister's wedding. Fair play at him. <laughs> he missed the mass maybe and back for the afters, but uh, he came back, played in goal, kept a clean sheet. It was fairly comfortable. Look, I. Look, New York were always going to be up against it. Look, not having a game and stuff like that. So, look, it was a pity. No, Offaly didn't get a tougher game. They'll have a tougher one now against Westmead, um, who had a good win against Carlo. John Hesselin, another big name, but we're getting to see more of him. And he kicked 1 9 the weekend as well. So, um, like that, 213 to 121. It's fair scoring. And like that, for all of these players and for these counties, they'd have been sitting, finished, doing nothing now. So there's good excitement coming up now in the next couple of weeks and uh, I can just imagine the buzz being in one of them camps now, getting ready to go to Crow Park, probably pitched it on playing too often as well. So it's going to be exciting times for him. Like you go, like you go to play any of these teams, you're going in, like we say maybe the exception of New York, but New York were getting over here for a, a holiday as well, you know, so for them it's great. But each team going into that, like Carlo were going into that game against Westmead in full belief they were going to win that game, Do you know, and, and we're in the mix for long yeah. periods. Like whereas other other competitions, you're going to play Dublin and you're going to play, we'd say Kildare. It's kind of like, oh yeah, we're in the mix. We're not in the mix, you know. Yeah. And and that's like you, you in the back of your mind, you know, you're not in the mix. So it, it's a huge occasion. And and look at the to me, the two the two best teams in it are Westmead and Cavan, and it's good that the two of them avoid each other. Yeah. But Cavan won't want to play Sligo. Cavan played Sligo in the league. And it was a sticky one down in Markovich Park, you know. Like I, I think we ended up winning by by five or six in the end, but we we got a lucky enough goal to to kick us on. So they'll come into the game looking at that that to go. We weren't miles away from Cavan. They might think of us not as good as them, so they'll be coming in under the radar. So it'll it'll be a real interesting uh, couple of games now. Yeah, and the uh, qualifiers run this morning, or the. The draw for the qualifiers around this morning with Armavi, Donegal, Kildare v Mayo, Cork and Limerick, Clare and Roscommon and there's a couple of conspiracy theories going around the place that the Ulster teams are being drawn against them to stop one of them from winning Sam. Um, I wouldn't go that far but it's definitely going to... There'll be fireworks that one anyway, Kyle. Yeah. Um, or to see a bit more defensive football whatever way you want to put it. Uh, yeah. But um, no, I, I would be... It's I suppose the draw is done. We we take it as as what it is, but there's something this it's set up for some tasty tasty encounters and with the Donegal and Armagh will will be it'll be fireworks as I say it's in Clona's fixed to think for the for the Sunday um so both teams will know each other really well and and look I'm looking forward to seeing Armagh again um see if they can back up yesterday's performance with with how how they performed uh, I I love watching teams move the ball via kick, kick pass it's just yeah. something that, that I enjoy watching as a side of the game that I love to see players playing with their head up um, more so than, than the running game look so it'll be fireworks at that one because I do, I do think we have an underperforming Donegal who have slipped through to an Ulster final could have been nipped um, by Cavan that day but 
I'm looking forward to that one. I, I fancy, I do fancy Armada come out on top. I think that they, they dug deep for Kieran McGinney yesterday. It seemed to be, uh, I listened to Kieran Donnie's interview after it, and they said they just stripped it back they, and they, they went man for man. They, they set up their matchups and, uh, and they went for hell for leather and it worked for them. And uh, hopefully, just for, for Kieran McGinney's sake, knowing some of the Armada players and knowing how much respect they have, I know there was, there was outside pressure from from probably the media that, that Kieran McGinney, if he didn't win, you know, this could be his. But I think if you ask any of those Armagh lads, I think it would be a totally different story. Yeah, and like that Armagh, you'd imagine will have the momentum coming into this game now. They've had an extra game, a huge game that they've won, and Donegal off the back of another disappointing defeat. Yeah, look at Armagh coming in after losing to Donegal. <clears throat> a point to prove. You know, like it all points to, to, to an Armagh victory and as Kyle was saying, the pressure on, on McGinney, but like you, you look at the amount of players who has left the Armagh panel over the last couple of years. I, I can't really think of anyone bar a retirement or two. Mm. So like the players are buying into what he's doing and that's the main thing. No matter what media says, what we say here, once they're buying in and they're kicking on, th- th- that's the main thing. They're holding the whole thing together. So a, a, a huge performance and for them to win and, and get themselves through the next round is a, is a huge thing and will be a massive year for Armagh if they, if they can get that victory and I, I tipped Donegal the first day um, you going to do it again? I, I don't think so no I, <laughs> it, it, look at if, if Armagh played the way they played yesterday but I, I still fear for Donegal having the height around the middle mm. that Armagh won't have the joy they had of winning as much primary ball about around the middle but if they can bring the energy they brought yesterday they'll get plenty of turnovers and 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 I really do think Armagh could, could kick on, but they have to. I bring, remember have to bring. I remember being in a coffee coffee shop and um and uh it's like an Armagh Tyrone border a place called the Moy where Sean Cabin is from and uh, I was in with my wife and just remember seeing Kieran McGinney sit beside me with the the three three Armagh players. It was I think it was uh, Grugan, uh, Aidan Falker. I'm not sure who the other one was, but they were out. They must have maybe had training or something. But it just struck me, you know, that this management didn't seem to be on a different page or didn't seem to be any better than, than the players. They were they were out for their breakfast and they were obviously having a bit of a chat about maybe the game, they had a game come up. I was involved with the Tyrone team at the time and I thought it was, it's not something that I would have been doing. So yeah. I just thought it was something, you know, really, really good, refreshing to see that they were out having a, probably a chat outside of football as well. Yeah, shows good togetherness, and I suppose the other games there: Ross Common and Clare, Mayo and Kil- or Ross Common and Clare, Mayo and Kildare. They're in Crow Park. Is there much need for it in Crow Park? Could they no. not have done a provincial? Like I, it's gonna be flat. If they had brought them to 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 a provincial ground, it would have been unbelievable. But yeah. I, as I said before, Mayo are happy to get to, to Crow Park because last time they played Kildare in in Newbridge, they, they lost okay. the game. You know, so they, they're happy it's there. But as for atmosphere. Like even the the hurling final there, mm. so many empty seats, and then you go down and you look at the Munster final, and it's different. It's electric, like a different. Like, it's like a different sport. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. So as much as you want to get playing in Crow Park, sometimes, like most of these teams have played in Crow Park enough, like bring them around the country and and, and fill the stadiums. Like it's it's there's a, there's many a good stadium there that gets very very little big yeah. games. So bring them to them games. Like everyone's crying out for it, but look at. 
it could be a, a money thing or that with the GA. You just wouldn't don't be know. like them. A money no, thing, no. that? <laughs> <laughs> I won't be on this again no. now because I said that. <laughs> and Cork and Limerick, it's going to Park Parky There was actually talk below in Kerry that it might go to Clarny if it was neutral venue. Um, would have been a decent enough atmosphere down there. Even I think Clarny might be a bit big for it as well. But I think they do on home and away. So at least at least neither team has to travel too far. I'd fancy Cork to get over Limerick. I just think that the 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 beating Limerick got against Kerry and I think Cork with a bit of bit of momentum now, maybe a bit of confidence now, um, I think they'll get over the line there. What do you reckon, Kyle? Yeah, I, I would be on the same um wavelength as you. I think, you know, Limerick have have come to the fore this year with their footballers. They've stepped up, they got till to division two, which was really, really beneficial for them next year you know playing against those teams will be um, playing against Dublin they'll be testing themselves again so but I do think Cork should have enough to get over the line I think they just have enough firepower up front with Sherlock and Brian Hurley um, they should be able to do enough damage to get Cork over the line but I do agree with you on the on the provincial grounds like I did what I wouldn't be a big hurling man I, uh, I would watch one or two games probably throughout the year but I did purposely tune in yesterday because uh, Thurles is, is a ground that whenever it's packed, it's it's something else, and um, it's just it was class to see that sort of atmosphere. Everybody on celebrating the scores right on the side of the pitch. Uh, I do think that that's where some of these games should be played. Yeah, and I suppose another news, um, exciting times up in Ulster with the news that Caseman Park is finally going to be built. Um, I'd be looking forward to trying to get up there to a game. Um, it's been a long time coming, so it'd be bring a lot of excitement up to Ulster yeah like Caseman Park I, I played in it back years ago and it was probably other than Crow Park or, or Clone it was probably the best surface it was yeah. unbelievable it was just and it was a good enough stadium too Like, but now what they're planning now is outrageous but like, what's the point in building it when every big game that potentially could be is thrown to Crow Park you know so it's it'd be frustrating but then again you have your Ulster games like in Clonus, but then Clonus goes idle yeah. You know, so there's a lot of big stadiums about the place that are are idle for for too many for too many big games. And Bre- Breffney Park, another massive yeah, stadium. Crow Park is Crow Park's never full anymore, unless you get a maybe a Kerry Dublin in a semi final or an All Ireland final in the football, and you've Parky Cueve, which is incredible, and Case and Park, no one's going to be done in Crow. So there's no reason why they wouldn't be moving quarterfinals around the place going forward because. Like, Look, we were lucky enough if we've played in Crow Park, but when it's when it's not full, or it's only half full or under, it, look, it's great to be there and stuff, but it, it does take away from the atmosphere. Yeah, it can't be it can't be the same. Like, I remember club football matches were took out of Breffney Park when Breffney Park was been done, and it used to be any of the big games would be thrown into Breffney. They were all thrown to club grounds. It was electric, like, and that's at that level. Imagine. County players coming in and into Newbridge and, yeah. and into Parky Cueve, it'd be just, it'd be brilliant and and more enjoyment for players, supporters, everything. You know, it just it, it beggars belief now why they they just keep. You going get lost in Crook Park, I think, very very easy. You know, lucky enough to play on it uh, a number of times, and you, normally with, with Tyrone, it's, it's big enough um, crowds. So if you're going in there with twenty twenty five thousand scattered out throughout the place, I did see some of the hurling. Um, the Kilkenny um, game the, the night before and it, it gets a bit lost it gets a bit eerie you don't hear much of the crowd that's that's what I feel about Crook Park where you know but going back to your point on Casement Park it, 
I love playing there. It's just it was shaped, um, Kane, if you mind it, it was a bit like a cauldron. It was like a bit of a hoop shape the way the the ground went around, and it was just the parking along the side of the road of the Town Road and all. It was it, it was a brilliant atmosphere. It always had had that great. Um, it's a bit like Clonus Hill. You, you have that the people you're you're integrating with the people a wee bit and stuff like that with the buses and stuff parked. So it's, it's good to see momentum being changed with there. I, I think it'll be great for. You know, Anthem football as well till till have a, a proper home. Yeah, and one more thing I have to mention before we go here at the GR, we're launching the GR Skills Challenge. I took part in it. I was the guinea pig that that got the ball rolling. So keep an eye out on our social media channels. Kean here beside me took it uh, took a go at it as well. We won't say how we got on, but we want you to spend send in, send in your videos to us. And we'll see how you get on. And at the end of the year, we're going to see who has the bragging rights. I'll let you in on a hint. It probably won't be me. But oh, I'll, have to, I'll have to send in mine. We're going to get you down. We're <laughs> going to get you down. Don't worry. But uh, look, that's all we have time for. A big thanks to Kyle Coney and Key Mackey for joining us here again today. And we're looking forward to talk to you all next week about all the upcoming action. Cheers. You're listening to the GAA Hour with Darren O'Sullivan on Sports Joe. And it's all over. Jim Gowan, Jason Sherlock embrace. Dublin are the history makers. Today, Sean Kavanagh, who is a brilliant footballer, but I tell you what, you can forget about Sean Kavanagh as far as he's a man. O'Sullivan, oh, that was absolutely brilliant. What about that for skill from Darren O'Sullivan? Kieran McCall, it's high, it's over. Will he ever get a more vital one than that? The transition talk, I think Joe Bradley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Well, Joe Bradley, what do you think of that?